welcome to this first incision mini-series, Junior Doctor Foundations. I'm your host, Lizzie Kennedy, a junior doctor based in Exeter. You are listening to the first episode in this exciting six-part series on how to thrive as a junior doctor living and working in digital Babylon. Here to navigate this topic with me today are John Greenall, paediatrician and associate CEO at CMF, and Felicia Wong, GP and Head of Doctors Ministries at CMF. Hi Lizzie, it's great to be here. Yeah, really exciting that we started this. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks Lizzie. We're going to spend the next six episodes exploring how we can begin and learn to thrive as junior doctors living and working in digital Babylon. But I just wanted to take a step back before we start the series and kind of talk about my reason for doing this podcast with you today. So just a few months ago when I was coming to the end of my F2 year, I was very much in survival mode as a doctor, just trying to get to the end of the week and just continuing to try and seek God and have some kind of a relationship with God against kind of the odds of being exhausted physically, emotionally, going to church, but not really feeling connected um, with my church family. And it was just quite an uphill battle. I really wasn't sure what I was going to do this year. Um, But I had a feeling that it had to be different to what I was doing then if I was going to continue this race for the rest of my life, living out my faith, whatever that looks like, then something was going to have to change. So that's why I'm here today and I'm really excited to be doing this series with you both, learning how to live as a resilient disciple of Jesus. Yeah, we cannot wait. I mean, I've seen the plan for these these podcasts and uh, I'm excited to get going so yeah. yeah thanks for sharing Lizzie I'm, I'm sure that you're not alone in the way that you felt so and we're really hoping that this will be really uh, you know great resource for all the junior doctors out there thank you both so the content and the way we structured this podcast is actually based on some research by a group in North America called the Barna Group they interviewed about 50,000 young adults largely between the age of 18 to 28 And that was actually replicated at CMF with about 200 people as well. And they acknowledged that the century that we're living in, the 21st century, is a really hostile climate for young people who want to cultivate their faith in God. And they described it as a digital Babylon. So, John, you know, as medics, we really love jargon. But would you mind kind of unpacking (laughs) that phrase? What what is digital Babylon? Oh, we do, don't we? Yeah. I mean, so digital Babylon, this may resonate with you as as you're listening, I guess, that it's they really describe it as a a sort of a complex accelerated culture it's where everything's happening quickly it's pluralistic faith is kind of pushed to the margins it's about fitting in being up to speed and they kind of used all those words and they thought hang on a minute perhaps it's a better way of summarizing this with a bit of jargon and they called it digital babylon so the contrast is between jerusalem and babylon and for those of you who know anything really about the old testament we see this happening with daniel and his friends being taken captive from jerusalem from this kind of fairly comfortable monotheistic culture where you know it was just comfortable and everything was okay and they're thrown into this super you know huge amount of architecture wealth this this superpower and they go in and their faith has been stripped away and they're tested like they never tested um, before and effectively they are well, they are living in exile and what the what the the researchers are saying and in fact what a lot of people have been saying for a long time is that that's what it's a bit like for christians nowadays we are technically living in a cultural exile you know evangelical christians the numbers around two percent i don't think we should be surprised that we feel like the odd one's out you know you go onto the wards you start you start training and you do just feel a lot more isolated but i think it goes even beyond that i think sometimes even 
medical student days can feel a bit gruesome like you know you're quite settled you're in one place for a lot of the time you've got solid friends you might be part of a CU and then you're you're burst out into the F1 years and this is what it was like for me and you're you're in a new place new colleagues you get into grips with work and shift patterns and I tell you what a lot of junior doctors that I speak with say look this has been the most difficult year of my life and I think that's why we're here, isn't it? It's, and you've expressed that yourself. I mean, incredible challenges going into this, like exiles into this Babylon-like place. And we really want to encourage, that, you know, for people who are listening as junior doctor, that it's possible to thrive as an exile. Like those who've gone before us, like the Daniels and the Esters, it is possible to thrive as an exile in Babylon. So does that make sense, Felicia? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, gosh, yes, it resonates in so many ways that, you know, we're citizens of heaven and we're not citizens here, I see through generations past. But yeah, absolutely, I agree. I mean, I'd love, you know, to hear a little bit more of your experience, Lizzie, and how how that sort of resonates with you and your experience Mm. as an F1. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, John. I think if you were going to kind of pick one word to describe F1, it would probably be hectic. Mm. And I, I do remember starting and thinking, gosh, this is just chaos. Every, <laughs> you know, your your routine's taken away and every four months you have a different routine, if that. And I do remember just, you know, trying to learn how to structure your days and battle that. And the reality is that even if you're, you know, efficient and you're and you have a kind of a rough plan for your day, and you're constantly being interrupted. You can't really think to the end of your own sentences. And so it's really, you know, I find it really hard, almost impossible to kind of work out how I was feeling. And I often found that actually, you know, when I was walking between wards on call, I would be looking at my phone just as something to do. And actually that, I'm not sure, particularly helped that feeling. I remember that, you know, when I was coming home, I kind of would come home and I wasn't really sure how I was feeling. It was almost like I just had mm. um, things that upset me that I hadn't quite even processed. And I remember that I was managing to get to a, a home group in my first couple of jobs and we were reading a book about how to eliminate hurry within our lives. And one of the just kind of minor suggestions someone said was, oh, you know, why don't you try not looking at your phone when you're walking home or not looking at your phone when you're walking between wards? And I thought, you know, why not? <laughs> I might as well give it a go. And actually, I just found that really helpful. It kind of gave me these little kind of moments in my day where I could think, gosh, you know, that that thing happened on that ward and, you know, that really upset me or, or that was a good thing. That was a really nice conversation I had with that nurse. And I actually felt better when I got home. And it was also just opportunities to kind of almost have arrow prayers, kind of just like help with this or thanks for that or... Um, just little moments to connect with God and just feel a bit more human again <laughs> in mm. the chaos. Wow, that's um, that's really, it's just showing that digital Babylon is so different. I mean, we've, mm. we've always been Babylon as Christians, haven't we? But digital Babylon brings with its new other challenges. And I'm just thinking, I mean, you know, in different generations, we've all had our different challenges as, as junior doctors, but it was kind of not the same way with having to be distracted by devices, etc., that that kind of pull you away from God, but also pull you away from even just process and feel what you were describing. It feels like you're feeling numb. You know, you're not even feeling human in a way. I just wonder, what is it about digital Babylon, Lizzie, that seems to be shaping and influencing the way people see themselves in the world around them? What is it that seems to suck you in with the digital side of things? So I think when I was reading this book, they the Barna Research picked out a few trends which really connected with me. They just talked about this kind of I-self, this idea that mm. the world, our world, 
as we, you know, kind of grown up to think about it, is about me and how I perceive things. And that actually just puts a lot of pressure on young people. And I felt that just this huge pressure, you know, I can't, I can't get anything wrong. I mustn't make the wrong choice. Mm. I've got to live my best life, whatever that looks like. You know, I mustn't let people down. It's a very kind of, you've got to get things right for yourself, first time culture. And I've found when you then kind of transport that into the medical world, there's even less grace often for that. And this kind of illusion of control somehow that, you know, if you make all the right decisions, then you are the master of your own destiny. You can be successful if you just try hard enough and make the right decisions. And then through trial and error, (laughs) definitely found that's not the case. Mm. And I think, yeah, like we've talked about with just phones and technology, it's so easy just to not even think. The media is just everywhere and it's so easy to go home, just put on Netflix without even thinking, look at my phone. I'm not even asking big questions or I'm not even asking how am I doing. I'm just putting on TV and scrolling, you know, Facebook and things. So it sounds like, yeah, I mean, it's a few years ago now that I did F1, (laughs) but I can remember some of that really well. And I mean, Felicity, I think you've come across some numbers, haven't you, about what some of the, the, you know, that transition point from being a student to a junior and how some of those factors that Lizzie's just mentioned have impacted us as junior doctors? Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right, John. I mean, you know, um, the reason why we're even talking about this, I suppose, is that I was just astounded to discover that almost half of final year students at CMF uh, stop engaging with CMF when they become a junior doctor. So we actually lose them. We don't, we don't know where they go. They're not engaging anymore. And, you know, from that point of view, it's not about membership or anything like that, but it's about what's happened to them because they were thriving before. And although we don't actually, no one has the actual numbers, but we do know that a significant proportion of those who no longer engage have also fallen away from the Lord. And I think it's just all those challenges that you talk about, challenges that perhaps like you were alluding to, uh, John, you know, would be changes in um, shift work, starting something new with such huge responsibilities. It's not just any new job, is it? Moving countries, moving, or moving, sorry, cities and churches, etc. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, it's a spiritually dangerous time. Mm. And I think there are several factors for that. Lizzie, what kind of factors are we, you know, might, might sort of add on to that? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, um, Alicia. I think, yeah, just so much movement and, I think more than anything, just not having time and working long hours, antisocial mm. hours. I mean, I personally found that even if I was working nine to five, the reality is it's often not nine to five. You're staying late and yeah. you're not sure when you're going to finish and you're just quite tired. And, you know, starting a new thing always takes emotional energy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And actually, you're kind of, you start a new job, you're feeling really vulnerable, <laughs> or I was feeling quite vulnerable. I wasn't really in the mood for kind of starting new friendships at mm. work and at church as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we and we know with, you know, starting new friendships, relationships, it requires effort, doesn't it? Mm. And when we're so tired, the last thing we want to do is make effort because we're just peopled out usually in our jobs as well. Mm. Uh, John, what, what do you think about what Lizzie has said with sort of the culture around us? Mm. Yeah, no, it resonates very much. And, and to be honest, it's... Uh, not to depress you listening, but that's still a challenge a few years on. I'm 15 years now into um, my medical practice. And, um, you know, some things do settle down. So I'm certainly more settled in one area. I've chosen an area where I've got a more settled working pattern. Church has been a lot more settled. And so I think that there are still some of these things that are a challenge. But I guess the, the, the good news is the reassurance is it doesn't last forever. And that's what we want to do here, really, is say, what does it look like to thrive in those unsettled, 
years you know with lots of change and lots of excitement and lots of great things happening but there's huge amounts of change happening and i think that's where the this this research that as you can tell i'm quite excited about research um i i think this is really helpful because it looks at these these different i mean is that okay liz if we talk a bit about yeah, research go for it. yeah that was a rhetorical I'm question about <laughs> yeah you can see how you can say look in my eye i'm like i won't take no for I, th- I think we have to if john's excited <laughs> yeah. about research we want to hear it before you switch off it genuinely is quite interesting um and these guys they they interviewed well nearly a, over, over the course of a few years nearly a hundred thousand young people who had grown up to some degree with a Christian heritage. So they'd, they'd been in contact certainly with Christian things. And they then tracked them. And the original research was saying, you know, why are so many people leaving the church? And yeah. they looked at all this, this research and the factors. And what they've done with this stuff, with this faith in exile work, is they've flipped it on its head. And they said, okay, there's some depressing news. Lots of people have left. There's lots of challenges. But lots of people have stayed. You know, lots of young people between the age of 18 and 29 in their survey have stayed. And they defined them as resilient disciples now again before you switch off you think ah the word resilient you know we get that all the time as junior doctors you know you've got to be resilient i think we just have to be aware that that word can carry some baggage you know in our context but i just say go go with us on it because that's the sort of the term that they use and they're they're talking about 10 percent of this this group so not not massive amounts but 10 percent who really were these resilient disciples and these are people who said look i want to find a way to follow Jesus that connects with the world that I live in. I don't want to sort of retreat into, you know, privatised faith. There are people who said, I believe that God is at work outside of the church. I want to be part of what he's doing. You know, and that resonates with us at CMF because we're like, yes, it's all about being a Christian at work, not hiving the two off, but combining them and being a Christian in medicine. And they're also saying things like, I want to be a Christian without separating myself from the world around me and so they, they define these resilient disciples by you know these folk who trust in the authority of the bible who are committed to jesus um, who attend church at least monthly so they have their ways of defining and they found that about 10 percent of this large group characterized you know resilient disciples who are holding on to the faith who are coming out the other side of trying times you know encouraged in their faith and walking on and boy doesn't our nation need that don't we need that as a church and as individuals to be encouraged to hold on to our faith be like the daniels and esters who have gone before us and to have have that resilient faith but but so many of us struggle with it you know and we and we've just already said you know actually junior doctor years are a really vulnerable time where we stop going to church we stop connecting at times we become in their in their words a bit nomadic you know we, we move around we don't really connect anywhere and then one group is they've talked is the prodigals it's the ex-christians it's the people who say well actually i've just denounced my faith altogether and that's the sad reality that we do see amongst a number of junior doctors in the uk and that's why we're talking about it today so yeah is that helpful yeah Yeah. it's a scary thought isn't it i mean none of us want to think that we might be the prodigals but actually if we're if we don't keep persevering if we're not running the race and keeping the faith and you're looking to jesus the author and perfect of our faith that's where we're going to end up and um i think it's a it's a sobering reminder i mean those statistics that you had a sobering reminder but it's encouraging to think well here are here is a group who's done some research to show what are some of the characteristics of people who will persevere, of resilient disciples. And and that's what why we wanted to have this podcast, this Juniors Foundations podcast, to actually equip you to be able to be a resilient disciple in the way that John has defined. Mm. 
I think just as you um, say that, Felicia, I think that just reminds me of I was speaking to a friend not that long ago about the kind of frustration of, you know, I wish I could mm. be better at this. I wish I could be yeah. better at having a, a better relationship with God. And they kind of just said, well, you're not designed to do this by yourself. You're mm. never designed to be the complete package alone. We're, we're only ever made to, to do this with God. So I think when we kind of talk about these characteristics, this isn't something which is, as doctors we have to kind of strive towards and tick box. This is yeah. very much God is growing us and it's in his grace that we can kind of lean into him and say, you know, mm. please can you make me more like this, Lord? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think it's about it's an encouragement, not a let's beat, beat each other around the head because we're not... <laughs> You know, we're not making the mark um, because if that was the case, we'd all have some bruises. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is we we want to be an encouragement to one another and we need each other. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I hope this podcast, having looked at the plans for it, I think it's tremendously encouraging um, and it's pointing us in the right direction. Now, we're basing the this series, and this is what you've you've told us, Lizzie, because you're, you know, you're leading this, but we're basing this <laughs> around these five practices and that's what they get to in their research or, or characteristics that they see in that group. So they look to this group and they look retrospectively back and they said, what is it about the ingredients of these resilient disciples' life? What, what is it that they've done? Um, and again, it can be tempting to think, oh, great, we'll just get this little, this little key to kind of this technique to become disciples. And we want to stay well clear of that because we recognize the work of God. But I think that the... The practices that we're about to discuss in this series are biblical. They are, they're, they're out of scripture, but we're sort of bringing it and saying, what does that actually look like? Because we want to get practical. And that's what we're doing in this podcast. That's what we do at CMF is say, what does that actually look like to actually be resilient disciples? So they've, they've highlighted these, these five characteristics. And so we want to talk about them because we want to say, well, what can we learn about that? About being disciples in this kind of digital Babylon in UK medical scene. And so, as you said, we, we've replicated this. I think we'll put in the show notes some of our research that we did in CMF and there's a couple of articles about that. And we're saying, look, these are key areas to be a Christian junior doctor who lives for Jesus in this day. So is it, should, we, should we list the five? I mean, do you want to mention... Yeah. You want to mention them, and then Felicia and I will maybe because we just want to give a bit of a teaser, I think, here, you know, mm. of what's coming. Mm. Um, so, we're going to have an episode for each of these practices. And the first one we're going to kick off with is just this question of how do I experience intimacy with Jesus mm. and kind of work out, you know, who I am and what I'm made for. And that's with Glenn Harrison, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not to be missed. Yeah, and then after that, we're going to talk about sounds quite abstract developing the muscles of cultural discernment. But for me, that just very much means how do we become more wise when we're looking at the media around us? How do we kind of discern what's helpful for us? Yeah, I mean, well, that's, it sounds like it's more about the how, how do I live? How do I make decisions with all these culturally charged issues around, yeah, finances, sexuality? Mm. Um, yeah, how do I make good decisions? So that that sounds like a a long potentially long podcast but an exciting one and it's not about going to the gym but it's about developing other muscles of yeah discerning what's going on around us sounds great yep so number three number three is about building community so how do we forge meaningful uh, relationships with other people of all ages despite the chaos of our work and you know how can we bless other people in that and how can we be blessed in that i'm i'm really enthusiastic Sorry, I'm jumping in here. I'm, like, <laughs> about, I'm really enthusiastic about this one as well because that's all about 
Yeah, about how we connect with people and how yeah. we, as we move around, that's a massive challenge for juniors, isn't it? You're moving around. What does real connection mm. look mm. like? Mm. And I think we need to explore a little bit about what we mean when we're talking about CMF as an extension of the local church. I mean, CMF isn't the church, mm-hmm. but what does it mean to be connected, perhaps in a mentoring relationship, perhaps with other people who we, who we trust and we want to be like? And what does that look like when we're moving every four months? So that's, yeah. I, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, it'll be really exciting. Yeah. And what else have you got in store, Lizzie? I'm... Oh, even more. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we've got, um, so coming after that, we've got an episode talking about vocational discipleship. So just kind of looking at what, what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, what am I called to do? And how can I discern value from what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's great. You know, I think sometimes I've come across sort of in the CMF job, I've come, come across a lot of doctors, a lot of medics who don't really understand what we're doing in medicine. Mm-hmm. And we kind of feel like, oh, well, you know, unless we're actually ch- serving in church and doing specific church work that we're actually not, you know, uh, doing ministry at all. But of course, God calls each of us to do ministry wherever we are, and he uses us in our places. So just imagine, you know, what a difference we could make if we could all understand what God has planned for us, where he has put us at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I think even just looking at the theology of work and our calling about sort of breaking down sacred, secular divide, you know, about whole life discipleship. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that one too. Yeah. And then our kind of last episode, we're going to just wrap up with the very simple topic of countercultural mission. So just this idea that we are living in a culture that is quite hostile to faith, but actually, rather than just focusing on the negative side of things, we're just going to look at how do we persevere through that and use a lot of the strengths that our generation has to become resilient disciples despite that and share God's good news with mm. other people. Mm. Well, I mean, to be honest, I know I'm biased because I work with CMF, but I th- I would say this if I didn't. That's one of the joys of being part of mm-hmm. you know a, a fellowship, really, is that you're seeing those people who are, yeah, it's tough, but they are living for God's wider mission mm-hmm. in the world, whether they're going overseas, whether they're living, you know, in inverted commas, missionally in the UK. It's so inspiring. And we need that, don't we? We need that encouragement. Like when we're on our own on the wards in our, you know, in our job, we think, oh, the only person here is pretty tough. But when we look around, we're inspired to live counterculturally. So, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. wait for that. So, I mean, this sounds like a great podcast. Now, Felicia, I understand that this is... It's, this isn't just something that we're doing in a microcosm. This links very much to the wider work of CMF with junior doctors. So do you want to give us a bit of a taster of that as yeah, well? Yeah, absolutely. I can feel the excitement and the passion in this room. Hopefully you're feeling some of those vibes out there. Uh, well, this um, Juniors Foundations podcast, it's part of CMF's bigger vision to build up today's generation, in other words, you, to change tomorrow's healthcare for Christ. I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way, but that's exciting, isn't it? Mm. Because actually every junior doctor today is a leader tomorrow, whether you know it or not. And the question is, what kind of leader are you going to be for Jesus? So imagine every junior doctor equipped through CMF to live and speak for Jesus Christ, standing up and speaking out for justice and righteousness wherever you are, Faithful ambassadors for Christ, standing unwaveringly on the solid foundation of God's timeless truth, grace and love. I mean, you know, it's exciting. God has an exciting plan for you as a junior doctor where you are. And there's tomorrow to look forward to. So at CMF, we're particularly focusing on juniors ministry because we firmly believe that the gospel of Christ 
can impact healthcare and society through junior doctors, through you out there. So this podcast is just part of that junior's ministry to equip you. Um, so stay tuned. I'm really excited, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. It's going to be um, a really exciting time. And um, thank you. That's it for today, everyone. Thanks for joining me, John and Felicia. Thank you. Next time, we're going to have a look at practice number one with our guest speaker, Glenn Harrison. And that's going to be looking at how do we build a resilient identity and experience intimacy with Jesus. If you've enjoyed listening to us at Ramble On today, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could leave a review as well, that's really helpful for other people to find us. And um, we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.